Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. We're going to start a new series today. We're going to finish up. Actually, we're, in the, we're going to hit into the last section of Romans, which is 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16. And all of that I'm going to lump into one section called the transformed life. But we're going to look at today, you say, that's an awful lot to cover. Yes, it is. But we're only going to look at two verses today. Two verses. And we got all those chapters to go through. Yes. Because these two verses, I think, are the hinge for the whole book. They kind of hinge the first part of the book, which we've looked at over the last few months, with now the last part of the book, which is what we're going to look at. And that's the whole issue of the transformed life. Because what we're going to see is, today we're going to talk about the transformed life and the ultimate sacrifice. And then from here on out, we're going to talk about how that transformed life is manifested in your relationships with others, in our relationship with the government, in all these different areas that Paul talks about. It all comes out of these two verses, verses 1 and 2. And so we're going to talk today about being transformed, about your life being different, about you being a different you than the person you think you are because of what Jesus has done for you. So let's go ahead and start. I want you to notice these two verses. And let's see what's here. There's a lot here just in these two verses. Paul writes, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Two verses, two powerful verses. Let's take a look at them today as we try to understand what it is about the transformed life that you and I need to see. First thing I want you to notice, verse 1 is a plea. Verse 1, Paul starts off after having gone through Romans chapters 1 through 8, where he's talked about the fact that everyone is condemned and going to hell. Then he talks about how that God, in His mercy, justifies by faith in Him alone because of the sacrifice that Christ has made. And then He also told us about the process of becoming more like Christ, that, it, that issue of sanctification, we ca- called it the new reality. He took a pause then in chapters 9, 10, and 11 to talk about Israel for a moment, which we looked at the character of God for that. Now He's going to get back to what He's talking about, and He's going to start off with a plea here in verse 1. He wants to get our attention about this issue. He wants you to pay attention. So notice what he says here. Paul is urging us, first of all, to take action. Paul is urging us to take action. He's urging us to take action. Notice what he says there. I beseech you. Another way of saying it would be, I beg you. I want you to listen to me, Paul is saying. Therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, He wants you and I to pay attention to what He said, and now He wants us to act upon what He has said. He wants us to pay attention to what He said, and now He wants us to act upon what He has said. So He's pleading with you. He wants you to grasp the point He's making here. Beseech is a very strong word here. It's like, I'm begging you to listen to me. My friends, you need to listen today. 
Some of you are here today and you're defeated. You know you've trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, but you're looking at your life and you're saying, my life is just the same old thing every day. I want something more out of my life, George. I want something more out of my Christian walk. How can I have it? I hear other people talking about it. How can it be mine? How can it be mine? I'm going from one defeat to another defeat. I know I'm trusting Jesus, but there's just some days I don't feel like I'm saved, George. Well, Paul's saying, pay attention, person. Pay attention, sister. Pay attention, brother. Listen to what I'm telling you. I'm calling you to action. I'm telling you what you need to do based upon what Jesus has done for you. And that's the next thing I want you to see. It's based upon what God has done. It is based upon what God has done. Notice what he says there. By the mercies of God. What's he talking about? He's talking about Romans chapter 1 through chapter 8. He's talking about the fact that everybody was condemned and going to hell. Everyone was doing their own thing, rebelling against God, and that God in His grace reached out and saved, brought salvation through Jesus Christ that we could accept by faith. And that those who accept Him by faith, He gives them a new ability to live a life now. A new reality that they can experience in their life. And so He's saying, here's what He's saying, listen to me. Because of what has happened, because of what Jesus has done for you, because of what God did through Jesus in making you a new person, justifying you, sanctifying you, you need to do what I'm about to tell you. You need to act upon what I'm going to say to you. See, here's the thing. We've got to have a different mindset here. This is what Paul's talking about here. We can get into a mindset where all we think about in terms of salvation is that it's my insurance policy. It's my insurance policy for when I die. It doesn't help me now, but it's my insurance policy. And some of you maybe even view it as you're making payments for that insurance policy by coming to church or giving something in the offering. Can I tell you that's a wrong view of it? Wrong view of it. It's not an insurance policy. The moment you trusted Jesus Christ, you became a new person. He gave you a new life to live. He gave you the ability to live it. Remember back to Romans, Romans 6? You now have the ability to say no to sin in your life. You no longer are enslaved to sin. You say, well, yeah, George, I keep struggling with the same stuff over and over and over again. Yes, you do. But you now have the ability to say no to it. And you do to embrace that ability. And so he's saying here, listen, pay attention to me, people. He's saying, I beseech you, I beg you, listen to me. Because of what the mercies God has done, listen to me. You say, I'm listening, George. What's he telling me? Notice the next thing there. You are to give God all of you. You're to give God all of you. Notice what he says. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice. Here's what Paul's trying to get your attention on. Because of everything that Jesus did for you, I mean, he went to the cross, he suffered cruelty. He died for you. Unimaginable death. The brutality that he went through. And he didn't have to go through it. He went through it for you so that you would have the opportunity to accept Him, to come to faith, to come to salvation. And then when you come to Him by salvation, He gives you now a new ability to become a new you, a new person, a new George, a new you. And here's what He's saying. Because of everything that God has done for you, Paul says, now you give Him all of you. 
You give him all of you. Now, the minute I say that, some of you are scared to death of that statement. You're going to say, oh no, he's going to send me to Botswana. I don't want to go to Africa, George. I don't even want to leave the county. I mean, I understand it. But here's the thing, though. That's not what we, he didn't say that. I, I, I don't, I'm looking at the verse here. It doesn't say, and you will go to Africa as a part of the verse there. It doesn't say that. He's saying, present yourself all of you. See, sacrifices were very common in that day, but when you sacrificed something, it was lost. When you sacrificed an animal, it was killed. Some of the nations that day sacrificed their own children. They were gone. Paul says God wants a sacrifice from us, but he doesn't want our deaths. He wants our lives. He's asking for a living sacrifice where you say, Lord, here I am. All of me is yours. All of me is yours. Every area of my life, Lord, is yours. He's asking for you to give Him all of you. Now, there's a hesitancy there, isn't there? As soon as I start talking like that, immediately there springs up a hesitancy. Well, yeah, you know, I want God to have this part of my life, but I don't know that I want to give Him up this part of my life, George. And No, listen, God wants all of you. And you know what? He deserves all of you. You say, what do you mean by that? He deserves all of me. Well, he bought you, didn't he? He paid the price with his own life, his own son's life, to have you, to rescue you from the eternal damnation that is to come. Do you think he has a claim on you? You better believe it. And he wants you. He wants all of you. And he says, here, now let me just stop for a moment. I got it, because again, you're not thinking Botswana, but you're thinking, oh yeah, now he's going to want me to go into ministry forever. No, 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 no. No, you got a wrong concept there. He wants all of you where you're at. He wants all of you in your family that he's placed you in. He wants all of you in the neighborhood that he has you live in. He wants all of you in the workplace where you work at. He wants all of you. He wants all of you with whatever little league you're kid is in. And you're there with those other parents. He wants all of your life. And it's a living sacrifice to Him. You say, Lord, here I am. I'm yours. That's all He's asking from us. See, and that, can I be honest with you, that's the first step to the transformed life. See, and I would dare say that some of you here today, the reason why you are so defeated in your Christian lives is, is that you've not given Him all of you. I'm going to be honest with you. The reason why you're facing defeat in your Christian life is that you you can almost circle in on it. There's areas in your life that you have not given to Him. Because you're just holding on. You're just holding on. brings up the next thing, because I want you to notice now. Here's You say, well, does God really want me? You don't know about me, George. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the things I've, you know, you don't know about me. You're right, I don't know about you, but I want you to notice what Paul says about you. When you give him all of you, notice what Paul says. Look with me, it says, Holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Here's what he says. The sacrifice pleases God. The sacrifice pleases God. When you give him all of you, I don't care what you did or didn't do. When you go to him and say to him, Lord, here I am. I'm yours. I'm going to tell you something right now. That is pleasing to God. Because here's what he says about it. He says three things I think are wonderful things. First of all, he says it's holy. What does holy mean? Set apart, special, 
And that's a description of God. But when you give yourself to Him, God says to you, you're special. You're a holy one. Notice something else it says to Him. Acceptable. Nice word, isn't it? Because a lot of us don't think that we're accepted by God. Even though we're saved, we still have this concept in our mind, a very wrong concept. We've embraced a lie that says that God doesn't accept me. Oh, I'm just a red-headed stepchild in his family. No. Notice what it says there. Holy, acceptable. Acceptable. You're acceptable to God when you give him all of you. When you give him all of you. Some of you, that's the reason why you're holding back. It's like, what can he do with me? How can he use me? God doesn't accept Yeah, God accepts you for who you are. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Some of you are just wrestling with wondering if God loves you. My friends, he does love you. You're acceptable to him. And then notice the third thing he says there about the sacrifice. Which is your reasonable service? You want to serve God? Here's what he wants you to do. Give him all of you. Give him all of you. Give him all of you. Give him yourself. He wants you to serve him by saying, Lord, here I am. I'm yours. I'm yours. That's the plea. That's the plea I want you to see here. That's the plea. So then now we get to verse 2, which is the second part of our hinge here as our pivot to this book. Because he's now pleaded with us to give our lives to God. To say, okay, what's next? That's why now in verse 2 he tells us about the call that he needs to give for you and I to change. Because we've got to change ourselves. We've got to change some things about our lives as we give ourselves to him. So notice what he says here. Look with me again, verse 2. He says this, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So here's the call to change. First thing, we are called... To be different. We are called to be different. Notice what he says there. And be not conformed to the image, as some translations say, this New King James says, to the world. Be not conformed to the world. You and I are called to be different because the world, have you noticed how the world wants everybody to think the same way, act the same way? They all want to mold you into and get you to conform to a certain way of thinking. And I'll be honest with you, they do a good job. They do a good job because all you got to do is look at look at look at how history is going. There are things accepted today that were not accepted 20 years ago. Some of you are old enough to know that those things weren't even thought of 50 years ago, and now they're okay. Why are they okay today? Because there's a conformity going on. Where now everything, you know, the whole mass of humanity is moving in our country in one direction in our society, in our culture. What's he saying here? We're called to be different from our culture. We're to think differently. We're to live differently. See, when you give your life to God, God says now, okay, here's what I want you to do. Paul's telling us here, don't be conformed to the way the world does stuff. Don't live the way the world does it. Don't live that way. But we do, don't we? It's getting to the place now where you can't tell the difference between a believer and a Christian. And I'm not talking about the way you dress. That's not even in the furthest part of my mind. I'm not even talking about the way you dress. I'm not even talking about the type of restaurants you go to. I'm not even talking about this. What I'm talking about is you can't tell the difference between a Christian and an unbeliever anymore by the way they act, by their value system, by the way the things they believe now. 
All that other stuff, that's external stuff. You can make monkeys act that way. But the value systems which we hold, man, can I be honest with you? In the church, they're no different than outside. They're no different than outside. You say, how do you know that? Well, watch how you react when the problem arises. Look to see who you go to when there's an issue. I can almost guarantee you prayer is last on the list. Talking to God about it. We are more conformed to the image of this world. And so Paul's saying, listen, I pled with you. Give yourselves to God. You're acceptable. You're holy to Him. You're a, that's your reasonable surface. Now because of that, I want you not to be conformed to the image of this world. Why? Because you're called to be different. But let's be honest, nobody wants to be different, do they? We don't want to be different. But that's our calling. God is calling you to live differently than everybody else. Then here's the next point he says. Next thing he wants to tell us then is that the change then takes place from the inside out. The change takes place from the inside out. The change takes place from the inside out. Notice something there. He uses an interesting word. But be transformed. You know what that word is? The Greek word is metamorphosis. How many of you remember the word metamorphosis from your high school science? Everybody knows. Where do, where do we get that word from? Butterfly. And you know what a butterfly does? It, you know, it's that little worm that's eating up your garden. And then it goes, what, into a cocoon with all that energy from all the leaves that ate off your trees and your garden and stuff. And then from the inside out, it what? It's not that ugly worm anymore, it's what? Beautiful butterfly or a moth. Because a metamorphosis has ch- taken place from the inside out. See, God wants you not to be conformed, that is, live your life like everybody else is living it around here, but He wants you to be changed from the inside out. He wants a metamorphosis to take place in your life. See, here's the thing. I'm going to be honest with you. I know this. I've been a Christian now for 22 years. When I first got saved, I was in a separatist church. What I mean by that is a church with a lot of rules where we made all of these rules to get you to act right. So you had to dress a certain way, couldn't go certain places, had to have your hair a certain way. And that, that was fine. My hair's always short, so it didn't matter. Couldn't have a beard. And you, all these rules, all these rules about what you were supposed to do to be a good Christian. But here's the problem. They were missing the mark. You can't be made a good Christian from the outside. Paul says it takes place where? From the inside. It's a transformation that takes place from the inside, from your heart out. From your heart out. And so the change takes place from the inside out. He says, be transformed. Now here's how the transformation takes place. It's the next point I want you to see. It results from renewing our minds. It results from renewing our minds. Here's what it's saying. Look with me but be transformed by renewing your mind. He's saying here that this transformation, and this is what we're talking about here, you want to be, you don't want to be defeated anymore? You want to be transformed in your life because you've given God you? You want to be different from the culture? Not in a radical way, although it can be radical. Then you change the way you think. You change the way you think. Now you may say, how do I change the way I think? It's what you put in. That's how you change the way you think. And see, when he talks about renewing your mind, he's talking about renewing your mind with what? God's Word. 
King David said this when he wrote Psalm 119. Wonderful psalm. You should read it sometimes. Very long psalm. He says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Here's another one he says in Psalm 119. How shall a young man cleanse or clean up his way by taking heed to your word? See, I change my thinking, which then results in a transformation of my life by what I put into my life, by what I put into my mind. And so I make the word of God a part of my life. I make the word of God a part of my life. See, I'm going to be honest with you. Those of you who are here who are defeated, I can almost pinpoint in your life that you're not spending a lot of time here. Oh, when I read the Daily Bread, George, and you know we encourage you to read the Daily Bread here. But here's what you do with the Daily Bread. You're just reading the story. You're not reading the passage. Because it's the passage that changes your life. The power's in God's Word, not in the story. Do you understand what I'm saying? The power is in God's Word. And so you renew your mind by changing it. Is it possible that you're not transformed here because of what you're putting into your mind? Is it? And it's subtle. It's subtle. Let me, let me just express something to you. I, I, I'm free of an addiction for three weeks. No, is it three, four weeks now? Like, what addiction, George? What are you addicted to? News. For four weeks now, I am CNN and Fox free. I'm just being honest with you. And you know what? Since I decided to quit Fox and CNN, my whole thinking has changed. It has radically changed my mind. It's no longer bombardment, bombardment of stuff anymore. But what I'm trying to tell you is, is that if you watch the stuff you put in, it'll transform your life, especially if you put in God's Word instead. Especially if you put in God's Word instead. You see what I'm saying? You see what I'm saying? So, you need to renew your mind. Now, here's, the, here's what Paul says the result will be when you renew your mind with God's Word. Here's the wonderful thing. Here's what he says. Notice what he says there in verse 2. That you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Here's the next point. It will allow you to know God's will. Let me ask you a question. How many of you want to know God's will for your life? Raise your hand. All of us do, don't we? Have you ever been frustrated because you can't quite figure out what God wants from you? Maybe it's because you haven't given Him all of you. Maybe it's because you're allowing the stuff from the world, the culture. You understand when I talk about the world, I'm talking about the culture. I'm not talking about the planet. I'm talking about the culture. You've allowed the stuff of the culture to cloud your thinking that you don't truly understand anymore what God's will is. But when you renew your mind, when you get into His Word and you let His Word renew your mind, you're going to be able then to understand what is the will of God. And notice how he describes the will of God here. It's good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. But you know what happens though when we allow all this other stuff to come into our mind? Then we start thinking in terms of, you know, I don't know if I want to do what God wants me to do because it just doesn't sound right. Why? Because of all the other stuff that's telling me that I need to do something different. Let me tell you something. And the culture is always going to tell you to do something different. The culture is always going to tell you to do something different. But when you renew your mind with God's Word, you'll be able to prove what His will is and you'll know that it's good. You'll know that it's acceptable. You'll know that it's perfect. See, that's what God's calling us to. He's calling us to change. He's saying, guys, because of what I've done for you, 
Give me you. And as you give me you, change your life from the inside out. As you allow my word to take root in your life, your life will change. You'll be transformed. And you'll know what I want from you. You'll know what my will is. Isn't that a radical thing? Isn't that a wonderful thing? Isn't that not what we're wanting from life? To experience God in that wonderful way? Here's three things I want you to think about as we consider all that we've thought about in these two verses. Number one, and you've got to ask yourself that question, and I mean be serious. Think about this question. Just don't brush it over. Just don't let it go over your head. Think about this question. Does God have all of you? Does God have all of you? Are you holding back on Him? Maybe that's a better question. Are you holding back on God? Is there some area of your life that you're just not willing to give up? I can tell you why you're not willing to give up, because you're afraid. Fear. We're afraid not to give God every area of our life, aren't we? Because we think we can be in control. Have you noticed the last time you were in control of something, it just flubbed? And you know what? Think about it. I mean, you trying to be in control of something, and instead of letting the God of the universe who created everything be in control. That's silly, isn't it? But does God have all of you? Does God have all of you? Ask yourself that question. You've got to ask, that's a serious question for yourself to ask yourself today. Does he have all of you? Next question is this. Here's the next one. It's really hard. Boy, listen. Does your life look like the world? Does your life look like the world? And when again, the world I'm talking about is the culture. Are you conformed to this culture? Does your life look like the world? Do you react to things the way other people react? Do you respond the same way that other people react? When you're at work and everybody else is saying, Oh, well, it's getting close to getting close to the shift change. Let's kind of go hang out over by the clock for fifteen minutes and then slide our cards. Is that what you do? See, that's what I'm talking about when we talk about being conformed to the image of this culture. Do you, when it's tax time and you're doing those taxes and you want to fudge the numbers, because in your mind you're thinking, the government's already got enough money as it is anyhow. And that may be true. But the culture says to fudge it. See, that's how practical we're talking about. Does your life, does the way you live your life look like the rest of the culture, the rest of the world? Ask yourself that question. That's an important question. And then finally, here's the thing. Allow yourself to be transformed. Allow yourself to be transformed. Here, give yourself to God. Give yourself to Him. Say, Lord, here I am. Use me. Transform me. Make me the person you want me to be. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something different today. I'm going to give you the opportunity to give yourself to God. Some of you maybe needs to be afresh. And then I'm going to pray for you. And here's what I'm going to ask. If Brad comes and lead us, leads us in a chorus or something, if you're here and you're saying, God, I want to give you all of me. I, w- I don't want to keep living my life the way I'm living. I want to be transformed into a new person. The person you want me to be. All I'm asking you to do is just come forward and then I'm going to pray over you. And ask God to help you to be the person He wants you to be. We're going to talk about those specifics in the coming weeks as we go through Romans. But we've got to make that first step. We've got to say, Lord, here I am. I present myself to you a living sacrifice. I know that I am holy. I am acceptable to you. Transform me. 
Transform me as I read your word. Make me the person you want me to be. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.